Thank you so much, Dawn, uh, for that. What a blessing to just know that people can testify about the goodness of God. Yes, I started the recording. Thank you. Eliana must remind me every time to start the recording because I, I forget all the time. Right, today we're going to talk about abundant living. Abundant living. What is abundant living? And I'm going to read from John chapter 10 and um, verse 10. It says, A thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now that word abundantly there talks about an extraordinary life. A life that is not um, as we know it now. A life that is different to what we know. And we can experience that abundant life. Now this makes me think of Adam and when he sinned. The Bible says, or, or God said to Adam, Adam, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat thereof you will surely die. Now that word surely die in the, in the Hebrew is die, die. Or um, like one of the commentaries said, and which I believe is the perfect translation of what's written there, he says, for of this death you will die. So you will have of the overflow of this death, you will find consequences in your life and it will produce after its own kind and you will die. Now that word abundance is also the word where we see in the Bible where it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Or, or the abundance of the heart flows over into words and sayings and brings forth words. In the very same way uh, Jesus Christ comes and He says He will give us life and we will have this life in abundance. Um, so it is not a life that just comes from something we need to produce. It comes from an over... Um, let me, it comes from too much life. Let me put it that way. An abundance of life, the overflow of life, is what will give you life. It's not on account of a shortage of life and a need of life that you will have life. God has come and rose when He, when he raised Jesus Christ up from the dead. And when Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father, there was an overabundance of life. Out of that abundance of life is where you will have life. He gives you life. He gives you the ability to live. And then He wants to give you and He will manifest in you a life that is extraordinary. Now so many times we want to, uh, uh, um, you know, see an extraordinary life as a life of great wealth and great prosperity and all those kind of things. And a typical life that is manifested or that is classified in the world as an extraordinary life or an abundant life. We think of uh, a big house, we think of l l luxury, ha luxury homes, everybody happy, a lot of money, um, no worries, you know, uh, for when you get old one day, enough money in the bank, uh, two or three houses somewhere, and whatever your definition is. But we've got the typical worldly uh, way of thinking when it comes to abundance. But that is not extraordinary. There are millions of people that live that kind of a life on this earth. They don't even believe in the Lord. They get that right by their own willpower. Uh, so what can this abundant life then be? Dawn was saying in her testimony that she's living the abundant life. 
So what is this abundant life? How is this abundant life manifesting? How does it manifest in us? I can say this, that the abundant life is the life and the emotions that's born from the revelation of the life that is possessed by Jesus at the right hand of the Father as your life. Let me say that again. The abundant life is the life that you will experience that does not come from the ordinary way of living, which is willpower, works righteousness, or laws or regulations, where you find your quality of life in the things of this world, or your achievements, even your spiritual achievements, but where you find your life in what overflows from the revelation that there is a uh, a human being that possesses immortality seated at the right hand of the Father. Now in this year we're going to talk a lot about that immortality. We're going to talk a lot about that life. We're going to talk a lot about the resurrection and what the resurrection means. You know for many years in my ministry I've given a foundation and I've, I've, I've preached a lot about just what grace is, what uh, mercy is, what uh, the love of God is. I think for two or three years I just preached on the definition of why or, or the explanation of why God made you almost in every service. Not that I'm going to veer away from any of these things, but all of these things are there for a reason. And the reason is that we can attain unto the life that is possessed by Jesus, where He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Where we can come to the conclusion of those things and what that means for us in the here and now. Uh, you know, what that means concerning the fruit that can come forth in our life, the quality of life that we can live in this world. A life where someone like the Apostle Paul would be in jail and would sing praises unto God while he's got his feet in the stocks. You know, which is some of the, excuse me for this, but sitting in his own feces, you know, having such a terrible life in this world, but singing praises unto God, glorifying God for the goodness of Him and the, the honor that He could be where He is for spreading this gospel. Now that is some stuff that is above what we can think and I'm not saying let's uh, have this martyr mentality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a life that is of, of such high quality that uh, the things of this world cannot touch it. That's what we're going to talk about. And um, I know, and, and somebody has also told me that, you know, I must be careful for speaking about immortality because apparently Jehovah's Witnesses or so, somebody's also got a teaching concerning that. Now, um, I'm not a, a Jehovah's Witness or anything. I don't even know what they believe concerning this. I just know what I've seen in the scripture and I want to talk about this and I want you to know this for we have got this mindset you know of um, you know we must resist sin we must resist all these kind of things wherein the Bible doesn't talk about that it talks about the resurrection power of Christ and it talks about what God has brought forth in Jesus and when we see in the Bible uh, you know when Jesus talks about life he talks about something that brings forth a new life in you and that will even give life to your mortal body. Now you might say, Bertie, but why, why put any emphasis on the mortal body? Why put any emphasis on this flesh? 
I, I would say that most of the emphasis, almost, no, I would say all the emphasis of the gospel is on a human body. God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Where was that glory? In a human body. In a physical human body. For the problem is inside the human body. The human body is what experiences death on account of death. Remember what I said about um, Adam when Adam died. This might be technical, but people, you know, this year we're going to say a lot of technical things. And let's get our mind ready to learn. Let's get our mind ready to, to be renewed. Let us be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Let us have understanding. The Apostle Paul so many times say, I pray that you may have understanding. So guys, we are not here just to preach a little message of trying to make you happy to feel better for the next week. Now I want to preach a message that can bring you so much life, that can connect you with the truth about you, that should it happen that I go to be with the Lord, you know, and only receive my immortality in the return of Christ, you know, in, when, and I'm raised from the dead, and not changed um, in, the, in, in my lifetime, that you, even if I should pass away, even if dynamic love ministries would not exist, that you would continue to have the most, the most blessed life in Christ, even if you're persecuted, even if you're prosperous financially or not, that you can have that quality of life. At the end of the day, this is not about trying to get people to follow a ministry. It's about getting you to understand the gospel. It's getting you to stay in the understanding of the gospel to see grace and peace multiply in our life that's what it's all about it's not about building some kind of ministry if that if you thought that you're going to be part of dynamic love web fellowship or it's going to be a growing ministry and we're going to grow this thing and make it big and all those kind of things and you disappointed well my friend um you know I'm sorry that we disappoint you. We don't want to disappoint anybody, but we're not going to go there. Not that I say that this ministry will not reach thousands of people, but that's not the vision. That's the number one thing. The number one thing is to understand. And when we get to some technical stuff and stuff that might sound complicated, go and say, Lord, speak this truth to me. Speak this truth to me. For I cannot veer away from speaking this. It is in my heart, church, and I want to share it with you. I want to preach it to you. And I want to see you get to the understanding of these things, that this abundance can grab a hold of your heart as well. And I don't want to speak just from a, from a potential perspective. There are many of you. It could be most of you already walking in this. But we can have better understanding of this and find... Um, more stability in our life concerning this. So, when we talk about the physical body, we find that when Adam sinned, of the death he partook of, which was the law system, he died. And where was this death manifested? It was manifested at the end of the day in his physical body. It started in the spirit and ended up in the physical body. And now, what Adam did was, he started to live from his flesh. He started to live from his own human ability, which did not possess the spirit of life. What Christ then had to come and do, what God had to come and do is, bring forth a spirit of truth concerning man. 
What that spirit of truth is, is Jesus. Now, I think I said this, um, this uh, uh, in this New Year service, or it might be the previous Sunday service, you need to get used to this church. It might be a language that you don't, you're not familiar with, but church, let's get used to this language. Um, we, Jesus Christ, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty from what? Death. The first fruit of death is sins. And of that death comes forth sins, and of that we die. And we will be partakers of the second death. Now, nobody wants to be a partaker of the second death. We want to be partakers of eternal life. So He came and He gives us life. And in this life, He gives us the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Spirit that says, the, 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 the basic principle that says, there is a perfect human seated at the right hand of the Father, and that truth is the Word about me. And as I start to dwell in that Spirit, which is not a Spirit of sin consciousness, which is not a spirit of obligation consciousness, which is not a spirit of works consciousness, but a spirit of I am, a spirit of I am delivered, a spirit of I am forgiven, a spirit of I have um, I've, I've received the righteousness of God, the spirit of I, I am innocent before God, the spirit of union between God and man, that spirit that we are in, that spirit, when we start to dwell in that spirit, there is liberation from the flesh. That means that death in the flesh cannot give us its life anymore, but we will find life from this spirit of Jesus. Glory to God. And we will be born of the Spirit. And we have a blessed hope in this life. And the first fruit of this is a stress-free, peaceful life. And stress-free is not problems-free. It's just a stress-free. For in my life, I also have uh, uh, problems, you know. In my life also things happen that you think, why this, why that? You know, why does the car break? Why does, to give you a testimony, uh, somebody came and uh, donated uh, some finance or some money towards buying the office that we are renting. And when we said, we, we, for a long time we wanted to buy the office, we never had the money to do that. And then somebody came and basically donated half of the money to buy this, 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 build, this, this building, which is um, $35,000. And so we, you know, I, I, we're so excited, we're getting this money to buy this. And then when we told the state agent, you know, we want to buy this, uh, then the guy let us know he doesn't want to sell anymore. And he's not thinking of selling anymore. And uh, he doesn't think he wants to sell this. So y you might think, but how does this work out? You know what I feel in my heart? Yes, we have things that seem as if it doesn't work out in this life. But we've got the abundant life for the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And what is His glory? Jesus Christ said in John chapter 12, He said, it's time that the Son of Man be glorified. He didn't say the Son of God. He says the Son of Man be glorified. And a man was glorified and he seated at the right hand of the Father. And the revelation of that man seated there as the final word, as the truth about me, 
as the one who conquered death, conquered sin, and conquered the voice of uh, um, stuff in this world from where you can find life, the one who conquered all of that, his victory is mine, and I possess that life. And if God could raise him from the dead, if God could raise him up, Yet, without any sin, never to die again, to live unto God, which means live God's kind of a life. His Spirit will raise me up and raises me up to have that. Glory to God. So, our physical bodies um, is delivered from sin, is delivered from the fruit of the flesh. Our physical bodies is delivered from what uh, um, tortured us. Uh, it's, I think, uh, 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 Dawn used the words there, the molestation of basically sin and legalism and law and all those kind of things. And the abuse that we have been going through, doing what we don't want to do. And living in this hatred for ourselves and all those kind of things. Now, again, don't try and make the word work. The, the word says here that God will come and give us abundance of life. He will give us that abundance of life. That comes from seeing His life as your life. I want to read from John 17 verse 1. It says, These words spoke Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that Your Son may glorify You. And You have given Him power over all flesh. Listen to this. And You have given Him power over all flesh. That He should give eternal life to as many as You have given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Okay, what is eternal life? That we may know him and him who he has sent. We're going to explain that now. But listen to this church. What we have done, we have not seen how God has conquered death in the flesh in Jesus. For we have had a message where we said the following, we don't care what happens to our body in this world. Our body means nothing to the Lord anyway. We're going to die and the whole place is going to burn and we're going to go to heaven. And there we're going to live with the Lord. So this body means nothing. So that kind of a teaching, what it does, it takes away from you the need to believe that God has conquered sin in this body. It takes away all value that your heart could ever place on your physical body. It takes away everything and the, 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 the natural thing where God will bring forth fruit in this body on account of the new work and leaves you in a place where you need to use willpower to conquer sin in the flesh so that you can go to heaven and get rid of the body and not have your body saved. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, uh, eternal life is contained in knowing God. In knowing Jesus. Now what is that knowing? Thank you Holy Spirit. I'm going to go back and I'm going to speak again a bit about heaven. People, please hear what I say. And, and uh, you know, this might be radical for you, but please hear what I say. I'm not saying there's not a heaven. I'm not saying we're not going to heaven. I'm not saying that 
um, there are not people in heaven. I, I've got nothing against heaven. Glory to God for heaven. And I want to go to heaven. And if the Lord Jesus doesn't return, I will go to heaven. But what will also happen is the Lord will return from heaven. And He will have His original plan manifest, which is earth. And God made the heavens and the earth. And He put on this earth plants. He put on this earth man. And then on this, the plan was that this earth will be in a glorified state through His man, Adam. And that He would so dwell with man on the earth, walking with man, hugging man, living with man, giving man a place and an earth where he can dwell with his friend. Glory to God. Giving man substance and a place where he can experience the quality of God's life. Where his life can transcend to that which is around him and give it life. That is God's plan. To live with man on the earth. And he's given us an earth suit. He's given us a body. That body is so precious that the Apostle Paul goes so far to say, Don't you know that it is the very temple of God? Think of that. It is the very temple of God. It is the place where God dwells. What it means is that God's final destination in Christ was not heaven, but you and me. His final plan was to glorify this human flesh or to have glorified human flesh where the life that is inside the Trinity, that my flesh can know Jesus. And let me explain that. And you have given Him power over all flesh that He should give eternal life to as many as you have given Him. See, my dog misses the doesn't want to miss the service. <laughs> Glory to God. This is piano. It's not going to make music. He's just going to sit here with us. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, here it says that He has come to give us life. He wants, He's got power over all flesh. He's going to give us life. And what is this eternal life? This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. That word know there, do yourselves a favor and go and look it up in the Greek. It says, uh, uh, the Hebrew... Hebrew um, it's an idiom. I don't know what the English word for that, for that is. Um, what it means is the, the sexual intercourse or oneness of flesh that there is between a husband and a wife. Like Adam knew his wife Eve and they had children. Now it says here, this is eternal life that you can know the father and the son. Now, how will we know the Son unless our bodies experience the resurrection power that is inside Christ and that glorified His human flesh into an immortal, undying human body? Now, Paul said that he counts the law but dung that he might know the Lord. So, 
for me in my body to know the Lord, to know what it is to live by the Spirit, to know what it is to have life and immortality um, manifest in me and to see the first fruit of it, the only way I can do that is by forgetting the things that are behind me, forgetting the law system, forgetting all legalism, not flirting with legalism or law at all, but having a life wherein you say, and wherein I say, Lord, I'm seeing the resurrected Jesus. I'm seeing what is true in Him. I'm seeing that union there, and I see myself as one with you, and that we can have a life wherein everything that is in us finds its life manifesting from that truth, where every thought that comes to my mind is born from the perspective of the perfect union between me and the Father, for the Father gives birth to life in me by His Holy Spirit, between me and the Son, wherein I say that the resurrected body of Jesus is my blessed hope, for I am fully unified with Him. And the moment I see and start to say that, what happens to me? I start to know the Father. I start to know the Spirit. I start to know the Son. And I see the first fruits of the Son manifesting in me. And I find the death of death in me. And I start to see the blessed glorious fruit of life inside me, which is the fruit of the Spirit, mentioned in Galatians. And I see all kinds of gifts start to manifest in me. And the end of that will be immortal, undying human flesh in the return of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Well, you'll have to listen to that again. 1 Peter 1 verse 1. <clears throat> Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout uh, Pontus, Galatia, and many other places, difficult names for an Afrikaner like me. Uh, 1 Peter 1 verse 2. Elect according, listen to this, you are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit. You are elected, this is your election, that you will be sanctified by His Spirit, that you will have life by His Spirit, unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now we need to read that. Um, let, me, let me read that to you. I hope I can find the right one here. Uh, this is the one. There it is. Let me go to 1 Peter and read verse 2, verse 3. Uh, verse, verse two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ, of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we were sanctified through the Spirit unto, or that word unto also means into, the obedience and sprinkling of blood by Jesus Christ. So we were, please church, bear with me. Know this is technical, but bear with me. We were, listen to this, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. What is this foreknowledge of God? That we would be as He is. That is the foreknowledge. There's no other knowledge. That's what He wants. According to that foreknowledge, He has elected us. Okay? 
How, how have, has He elected us? Through the sanctification of the Spirit. How will we be sanctified through the Spirit? Into or on account of the obedience and sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ. So the obedience of Christ and the sprinkling of His blood is what sanctifies us and keeps us clean and that is what we have been ordained unto. We have been ordained unto being clean, being sanctified, being kept holy, being kept righteous by his obedience and his blood. You might say, Bertie, I don't see that in that verse. Let's just read the, um, the message here. It says, God the Father has his eye on each one of you and has determined by the work of the Spirit to keep you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus. May everything good from God be yours. So he keeps you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus. He keeps you sanctified through the obedience that Jesus has and through Jesus that sprinkles His blood on your guilty conscience, that Jesus that sprinkles His blood upon you. And when we see that life and when we see that truth, we find abundance of life in this life, church. Let's read verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and um, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now what does that mean? This is what it means. And I'm going to end off with this. What Jesus is saying is this. That He has sanctified us in Jesus from all death. He has sanctified us from the system of death. He has washed us from that evil spirit of works righteousness wherein we find our identity in what we do for God, in what we do for our neighbor, in what we wear, in what we drive, in uh, uh, who we are, in our status in this life. He's come and washed us from that evil spirit which is the death from where we die. He's given us a new spirit and from this brand new spirit that that is given us, which was made, made available in Him obeying the Father, in Him sprinkling His blood um, uh, 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 over us, and we allow that sprinkling of blood on our minds and in our conscience and in our hearts. We have our hearts sprinkled with blood washed from an evil conscience. We have our mind washed from an evil conscience. That's what we have with His blood. And what happens then? We see that through this and through what He's done and through the blood that flowed and through His resurrection, He has begotten us unto a new and living hope. Glory to God! He has begotten us unto a new and living hope. What is this hope? This hope is undefiled, incorruptible, and fades not away, reserved in heaven. What is this hope? Immortal human flesh. And since we have immortal human flesh and we have the first fruit of the Spirit already um, you know, available for that in our lives, what do we see? We see freedom from sin. We see freedom from all those kind of things. We see a life that God has given us and we see the abundance of that life 
manifesting towards us. Isn't that absolutely awesome? Glory to God. That is what God has come to give us. Glory to God. And let us read one more verse. We're going to go to Philippians 3. I'm so excited now. And I, I, I didn't want to uh, throw this in. Let's go to Philippians 3. I think it's Philippians 3. This is it. Um, it says, Yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss. Uh, a, bit, a bit back here. Um, Paul says in verse 7. Let's go to verse 7 there. There it is. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yes, doubtless, I count all things... Uh, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith so what does he say church have look me in the eye this is what he says he says let us Paul says, I count the old flesh righteousness dung. For if I live by the flesh righteousness, my flesh will come alive. And my flesh, alive I mean by, it will activate uh, uh, its power and bring forth sin and death in me unto the second death. But Paul says, I don't want to live by the law. I don't want to live by, I'm a Jew. I don't want to live by um, Judaism. I don't want to live by Moses. And church, this, I might not get become famous if I say these things, but let me hear this. Get out of this Judaism thing. Love the Jew. Bless the Jew. Be good to the Jew and everything. But please, church, veer away from saying there is life in loving Jews. There is life in loving, there's life in being loved by God. There is life in knowing Christ. Let us not be confused by something that looks as if it's unto life, but it's not unto life. You cannot find life in loving someone. You find life in Him, Jesus loving you. And in His resurrection is where you find life. So let us not mix in this Judaism system into the church. I didn't even plan to say this, but I'm going to say this again. I know I, I find people writing me letters, sending me, Bertie, you know, um, why are you anti-Semitic? I am not. God knows I am not anti-Semitic. I am for the Jew. But I am not saying that what I don't believe is if we suck up to the Jews that God's going to give us life. If we believe in Jesus, we will have life. That's the only life there is. And here we see the Apostle Paul counts his Judaism, counts all his Jewish practices, all the, 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 the following of the feasts and all those kind of things, but dung as pertaining to life. And he says, I count it but dung that I may win Christ. What he says there is, I count these things but dung, I behold the resurrected Jesus, that I can have life from Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah, church. I don't know how to say it in a softer way. This is just what's written there. It says that I, listen to this. Remember we're talking about knowing God. 
and be found in Him not having my own righteousness. If you have a righteousness that's based on your work, on how you have done good to others, or anything like that, if that's your righteousness, you will not be found in Christ having your own righteousness, but you'll be found in Christ, oh, you, you will be found in Christ having your own righteousness and not found in Christ having the righteousness of God. Now there's a lot to say about what that means, which I don't have time for, uh, and I can't explain now. Verse 10, that I may know Him. All this, he says, I counted by dung, that I uh, might not have my own righteousness. Why? That I may know Him. That I may know Him, and, and what, what, what he's talking about there, this knowing. And that I may know the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. What that means is the following. I count it all but done. Why? That I may know what the life is that Jesus possesses in his physical body today. That I may know the first fruit of that life unto immortality. That is it. Church, God has not made us for the purpose of dying. Yes, the Bible does say that it's appointed for us once to die and then the judgment. But the context of that was Jesus. That Jesus would once die and after the death, the judgment. And what was the judgment? What's the verdict of the judgment? Life for everyone that believes upon the Lord. And how will we have that life? My body today is made available for the first fruit of that life. And my eyes is not focused on that I will die. My, my eyes is focused on the return of Jesus Christ. My eyes is focused on that Jesus will return, the graves will be opened up, the dead will be raised, we will be changed, and so we will live with the Lord forevermore. And I am already now embracing all of the amount of life that this body in the state that it's now prior to the return of Christ, can embrace, I'll embrace all of that. That is what I believe God has come to give us, church. Glory to God. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. What Paul says is, I don't want to live by the law, that I may know the resurrection power of Christ. Being made conformable unto His death, having the fellowship of His sufferings. That means that I can have the fellowship that there is with His life on account of the sufferings that He went through. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So here He says, I have the purpose of all of this, is that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That means I don't live by the law. I live by the grace of God. I live by the persuasion that God has. So that when Christ return, that I might be raised from the dead, or if it is in my life, that I might be changed and have immortality. So he's, what he's saying is, I want to partake of this revelation of the life of Christ. That I may have the abundant life, which is the fruit of the Spirit life. That I can say I am led, not by legalism and law, but I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And therefore I have life and life in abundance. Let me make this bigger. I'm more beautiful, you know, with my beard. For it covers a big part of my face, you know. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can, you can see me a bit better there. Let us just continue here with these, um, uh, with these verses. 
Listen to what Paul says. Not as though I had already attained or either were already perfect. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that I have not reached immortality in my human flesh. But what I'm aiming for is that. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm expecting. And you see what we have done in, in, in church uh, history is we have put no emphasis on the word that is quick distributing life to spirit, soul and body. For we just thought that the word of God is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. You know, uh, uh, dividing asunder between spirit, soul and body. We just thought it's a very sharp word and will cut you to the heart. That's not what it means. It means it will give life to your body. And what Paul says is, I veer away from the law and I expect life in this body and I'm already seeing the first fruit of it. But I have not attained unto that undying human flesh yet. But that is what we are aiming for. That is not what we try to attain by our works, but what we know we'll attain by the resurrection power of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to try and become immortal by my great faith. But that is, listen, that is the glorious blessed hope. He has begotten us unto a new and living hope, church, which is the resurrected Christ. And now when, when, your, when your subconscious mind and your belief and your heart starts to open up for these truths, you know what happens? You start to see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. I end off with these words. You know, I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to, I feel I want to preach this and, and I know that I can receive some, um, you know, persecution for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Lord has always used me for saying things that's not, that people don't want to hear, but, that, but it does bring freedom. And maybe in some years from now, you know, we'll find more people embracing this. You know, 15 years ago, uh, you know, we, we started to preach this grace message, you know, which a lot of people embrace today. And we see more and more people embracing it. But there's other stuff that is built upon those truths that we're going to preach. For what, what is the end goal? The end goal is not to say, Bertie's got a brand new revelation. No, no, the end goal is to see you at, at the return of Christ glorified. And the end goal is to see you now living the life that comes from the abundance or the overflow of the resurrection power of Christ on account of you having the revelation of your union with Him that you may know the power of His resurrection and not willpower. Glory to God. Now when we preach the kingdom of God, we are not preaching the Old Testament principles of the law as the kingdom of God. I just feel by the Holy Spirit I need to, to say that to you. That's not what we preach. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy through the Spirit that is in the Trinity, which is the reality and the truth of a man that's seated there, which is your high priest. Glory to God. Well, that was a mouthful. I've enjoyed the message. We've started on a high note. Glory to God. Um, and I trust that you'll just be blessed in this week to come, in the year to come. Thank you so much for watching this. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you that I can pray for people. And I thank you, Father, that you love them, that you bless them. I thank you, Lord, that your hand is stretched out towards them and that you give them peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching. Um,
I just, uh, if you've got any questions, please send it to me. I don't have all the answers concerning eschatology, but if you've got any questions, send to me. I would answer as good as what I can. I know there's a lot of emails that will be in our inbox. We've, we, the office was closed for two weeks, so um, give me some time to catch up with that, but we'll catch up as soon as possible with all of that. And um, what is it, what's Eliana saying? Three weeks, three weeks that we need to catch up with. So um, please understand that. We'll, we'll catch up as soon as possible. Thank you for watching. Know that you are blessed and loved. I also want to thank everybody that generously gave towards Dynamic Love Ministries. What a blessing your giving is. It, it is just absolutely awesome. You are awesome. Thank you so much. God bless.